Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. ...to be here with you uh, here tonight. Amen. We're here for a very special reason, a very special purpose, uh, and that is uh, we're going to be talking about missions. We're going to be talking about the work of the Lord around the world, and I'm very uh, thankful for that, and uh, God's going to do some great things. I already feel God's presence, and uh, I want to start out by saying that, uh, that you can guarantee one thing. You can write this down, put it down. Uh, it is an established fact that if you put God and his kingdom first, God will take care of you. I, I, I want to say that again. I said if you put God and his kingdom first, I promise you God will take care of you. We're getting ready to pray before I get into the scripture today. And... Uh, I want God to touch our hearts. Amen. I, th- th- this is what I want, you to, I want you to pray. If we all will agree to pray this, uh, I believe we're going to see God do some great and miraculous things here tonight. And that is, I want you to pray that God, whatever you tell me, I will say yes. God, whatever you Tell me to do, God, I will say yes. Tonight, there will be calls of giving. There may be calling of missionaries in this place. There may be calling of of prayer warriors to pray for our missionaries. All I'm asking you to do is to right now make up your mind that God, whatever you tell me, I will say yes. I will not fight your will. I will not fight your purpose. I will not fight what you say. I I won't even ask why, God. I'll just do it. Hallelujah. We're going to prepare our hearts for just a second, but uh, they used to... Uh, a long time ago, they would, uh, they would get up and some preacher would get up and before they would preach, uh, they, would, they would say something like this. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord. Completely, yes, my soul. Say it, we're going to sing this and we're going to worship the Lord. Well, I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord. Completely, yes, my soul says yes, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, yes, Lord, Completely, yes, hallelujah, my soul says yes. With your hands lifted, let's sing it to the Lord. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes, yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, yes, Lord. Completely, yes, hallelujah, my soul says yes, hallelujah, would you give the Lord some praise right now, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, the presence of the Lord is one to settle in this place today. Hallelujah. I'm going to say yes to you, Lord. I'm going to say yes to you, Lord. Yes to you, Lord. Yes to you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. To the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm going to read to you this night a very familiar story that you've probably heard preached from uh, many times. You've heard this in Sunday school. You've heard this in uh, teaching, uh, uh, midweek Bible study. You've heard this story many times. Um, but I want to tell you, God wants to do something in this place. Now, now I want you to know that I'm going to go ahead and just and just let you know I understand that if there's ever a bad time to be asking for more money, it's right now. I, I know, I know that people are struggling. Amen. And so I know, but you know what? God knows. God knows. And God wants to open up some blessings to you. I'm not talking about some fantasy that was preached by some guy on the TV. I'm talking about the true blessings of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I better read or I'm going to mess this up. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 10. The Bible, the Bible reads like this. So he rose. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering the sticks. He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. It doesn't get too much dire than a mom saying, I'm getting me two sticks. I'm going to cook the last little handful of meal and and use the last little drips of oil, and we're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. Nobody in their right mind would say, no, give it to me. But, verse 13, and Elijah said unto her, fear not, Go in and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Can I stop here and tell you, either Elijah's a jerk or he's heard from God. I said either Elijah's a jerk or he's heard from God. And bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord hath sent it rain upon the earth. Amen. This lady, she's got a couple of sticks, a little, she, she saved up a little handful of meal, and she's got a little couple of drops of oil left. She's going to make a cake. They're going to eat it and die. Elijah said, no, give it to me. And I promise you, the oil is not going to run out and the meal's not going to run out. And so Elijah gives the choice, and tonight this is what I'm going to preach. You can die in your savings or you can live in your giving. 
You can die in your savings or you can live in your giving. Can we lay our Bibles down, lift our hands to heaven, let's ask God to move. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for the privilege of being in your house, God, to worship you, to honor you, to magnify you, to glorify you, to praise you, God. We praise the wonderful name of Jesus. God, I magnify you and I praise you. God, I glorify you and I magnify your name, Jesus. God, now move in this service, God. Let our hearts be softened by the work and the will of God. Let our hearts be molded by your spirit, by your presence. Move upon us, God, right now, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I want to ask you tonight, has there ever been a moment in your life where you didn't understand what God was doing? Has there ever been a time when you looked up to heaven and you said, God, I'm not really sure what you're doing. In fact, God, I can't figure out why you're doing what you're doing, what you're doing, and I can't figure out the reason you're doing it. That, that there are moments in our life, in our Christian walk, at least in my life, I don't know about you, when I've looked to God and I said, God, I don't understand what you're doing. And, and Lord, I sure don't understand why you did it that way. There is something very powerful about God, and it's the reason why God is God, and that is you and I as human beings, we will never understand all the ways of God. The Bible even tells us, Isaiah lets us know that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So there are moments in our life when God does something that we don't quite understand as humans, but yet we lean towards the divine will of God and says, God, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Brother, Pastor McGee may have shared this because this is an old uh, tale, uh, the tale called uh, the story of the way of the prophet. The young apprentice wanted to travel with the prophet. The prophet said, I'll let you go with me, but the only thing is you can't ask me why. When you see me do something, you can't ask me why. And so they come to a man with a silk business and didn't know God and didn't believe in God and was very harsh towards the prophet and the prophet prayed and the next day uh, that uh, silk merchant sold his business for lots and lots of money. Then next, the man digging, hey sweetie, come on, you wanna preach with me? Come on. The man, the man digging for diamonds, the man digging for diamonds, the, the prophet found him and the prophet said, uh, the prophet told the young man, I'm going to pray that God uh, move upon him. And the next day, the man found a huge diamond. Then the third person he came to, the third person he came to was, was a, a little man who all he had was a little milk cow. Come on, come on, come in with me. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. Thank you, sweetie. Amen, amen. That made my day. Amen. The, the... The man, all he had was, was a little milk cow. And the prophet prayed, and the next morning, the milk cow died. That was all he had. And finally, the apprentice said, I know, prophet, you told me that I couldn't, uh, that I couldn't ask why, but it just didn't make any sense. The two men who were harsh to you, and the two men that didn't love God, the two men that had plenty, they got blessed more. And uh, the man that had just a little milk cow Lost everything. And the prophet looked at him and said, sometimes you just don't understand the way of the prophet. He said, for what you did not know was that if the silk merchant hadn't sold his business, he would have found even greater riches. That if the man digging for the diamond had not found the diamond, he would have found the gold mine. And somebody said, well, that's great, God, uh, prophet, but what about the, the, the taking and killing the cow? That's all the man had. And the prophet replied and said, you don't know this, but I was up all night praying to God because God said he was going to take his son. 
and he took the milk cow instead. I'm going to tell you there are moments in life where we don't understand why God does what he does. But today I want to tell you I've been serving God long enough to say I don't know why but I do know the who and I will magnify his name. I will praise him. I don't know why he's doing what he's doing but I know the who. Hallelujah. Sometimes God acts in way that doesn't make sense to us. And in fact, tonight I'm challenging you to believe God over your common sense. I'm, I'm asking you to believe God uh, over what your mind is telling you, over what the economy is telling you, over what the country is telling you, over what uh, the speculators are telling you. I've come to tell you that somebody in this place needs to say tonight's the night. I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to stop living in fear, and I'm going to trust in God. Amen. Amen. If you have lived for God any amount of time, you know God asks for action at the worst possible time. Amen. We are told by the by, we are told in the scriptures that if you wait for the good weather, you'll never plant. If you wait for the sunny days, you'll never reap. That if the only time we ever come to church it's when the weather's right, our body's right, our money is right, our family is right. You won't ever go to church. If you wait for the day when all your money's right, your body's right, the weather's right, the family's right, I'm going to tell you, you won't ever step foot in the house of God. Sometimes you got to go when the body ain't feeling right. Sometimes you got to go when the money ain't right. Sometimes you got to go when the family ain't right. It takes little to no courage to walk out and obey God when everything's right. Amen. Amen. Some of you have done this in the natural and yet you have yet to do it in the spiritual. You remember that lie you told yourself, we're going to wait till we got enough money till we have kids. It wouldn't be one kid on planet earth. There wouldn't be no nurseries. There wouldn't be no preschools. There wouldn't be no elementary schools if everybody did that wait until they had money before they had kids. I'm going to tell you right now that the same thing you did with your kids, you ought to do with God tonight and say, I know I ain't got it all right now, but I'm going to commit to the kingdom and work of God. Amen. Amen. When God, when God brought the children of Israel to the to the Jordan River. Guess what time he brought it to them? The time of harvest. When Joshua 3.15 said, at harvest, the river overflowed in its banks. That God knew that river overflowed at harvest time. God knew that he was bringing them to that river at the worst possible time he could bring them. Because you have to understand that on this miracle, God's not going to do like he did the Red Sea because God's going to actually make them put their feet in the water. And when did he do it? He did it when the banks overflowed. Amen. I got news for somebody here today. If you've been praying for revival, anybody been praying for revival? I'm going to tell you, here's what God told the prophet Isaiah. said, tell the people. said, you ain't having no kids. You ain't having no increase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, your church services are kind of puny. You ain't seen a miracle in a long time. You've been barren. Your tent's been small. And Isaiah says, this is what God said. God said, sing, O barren. Yeah. 
Thou that didst not bear, if you ain't having children, sing. <laughs> Break forth into singing. Cry loud. Hallelujah. Those that did not travail with child, open your mouth. Somebody in this place, I'm going to tell you, God's not waiting for you to, to see a, a 20 soul revival before you get up and begin to give God praise right now. When the baptistry's dusty, start singing. When the pews are empty, start singing. When there hadn't been a Holy Ghost in a long time, start singing. Woo, hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've come to tell this church that God sent me here to let you know uh, that the revival you've been praying for, I'm not just speaking evangelistically. I'm speaking by what I feel in the Holy Ghost that God wants me to let you know this ain't time to hang your harps on the willow. This ain't time to stop singing. This is not time to stop rejoicing. This is the time to say, I believe God. Let me walk back here. I said it's time to believe God. Hallelujah. Come on, give me a high five. There you go. I believe. Woo. Hallelujah. You can't wait till the youth group's 50 and the church is running 800 before you get up and give God praise right now. Right now. Hallelujah. 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 I wish somebody by faith, by faith would just say, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a lap around this church. I'm going to believe God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Don't let your elder outrun you. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. I know it's missions, but Elder, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say what God, what I feel in the Holy Ghost. You 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 never I mean, you never talked about this, but I feel this in the Holy Ghost. God wants you to know that the dream you had. I don't know nothing about it. I just know in the Holy Ghost. Cry loud. Spare not. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wives. Babies are being conceived, but you don't see a conceived baby till nine months later. And there are some Holy Ghost embryos. (laughs) 
and hear. <laughs> hear me, Bishop. Hear me, Pastor. Say the Lord, enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine inhabitants. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Your common sense is saying minimize. God's spirit is saying enlarge. Your common sense is saying let's back down. God is saying let's go forward. Your common sense is saying, let's, let's minimize a little bit more. Let's save a little bit of money. God's saying, no, you ain't even got enough room right now. God, God demands things out of us at the worst possible time. Bring us to the river when it's overflowing. Tell us to sing when we ain't having no babies. Tell us to re rejoice and dance and, and build, build bigger. And we need, we need, we got plenty now. God said, get bigger. Because there's moments in our life we're walking with God where you got to do things that common sense says don't. Mm -hmm. no greater example can be found you may be seated if you'd like to be seated no greater example can be found of this of this analogy of God working and speaking and asking us of something in the worst possible time than this little widow woman of Zarephath who the Bible says because of the famine brought on by the sin of Ahab, where rain had not been on the earth, a rain had not been in Israel for now two and a half years, and it had caused a famine and a drought. There's no crops. There's no sustenance. There's just whatever's left over. And God puts in this little widow woman's life a prophet, a man of God, by the name of Elijah. And Elijah meets this woman at Zarephath. And there we see what this woman has done. This woman has done what common sense tells every parent to do. Make sure you got for your babies. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Even the Bible said, he that doesn't provide for his own is worse than an infidel and denies the faith. So this woman is doing exactly what every parent within this place would do. I saved a little bit to make sure that we had one last meal. I, I, we've scrimped and we've saved and we've done everything that we can do and now we're down to our last meal. I got a handful of, of, of flour and I've got a little couple of drops of oil. And I'm going to make us a little dry cake. We're going to eat it. And we're going to die. Because this woman is doing what everybody in this place would have done. I got to provide for my own. I got to... This flower's for me and my kid. I would be generous in any other circumstance. But this is a different circumstance. These are different times. Normally I'd have the neighbor over. But neighbor don't get none of this. This is for me and my son. I've been saving it. We're going to have one last meal. And we're going to die. They've been saving it. And here comes the prophet. 
The prophet tells the lady, says, says, give me water to drink. Water's not an issue. They're, they're not far from a, from a river there. They can get water. And then he looks at her and says, uh, would you mind baking me a cake? And I know the Bible doesn't say, but I don't need the Bible for this. I know what she said. You must be out your mind. I'm sorry. That's how Georgia folks talk. I, uh, that ain't Illinois, I know, but that, that, but, but. I'll use another Georgia colloquialism. Is you out your mind? You want me to give you my last meal? You want me to take food out of my out of my baby's mouth? You you want me to deny my kids and deny myself and give you? And then she said, wait a minute. Maybe he just don't understand the situation. Maybe, maybe he thinks, maybe he thinks that we've got plenty in surplus. He said, so, um, uh, man of God, under any other circumstance, I, I'd have made you a double layer cake with chocolate icing. And under any other circumstance. But, but let, me tell you, let me tell you the circumstance we're under, prophet. Maybe you don't know. You, 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 know what, you know what's amazing to me? God speaks to some people, and then people recite where they're at as if God doesn't know. Some people, uh, some people, God comes to them and God says, God says, will you give? And you go like, God, don't you know my bank account? No, God knows everything but your bank account. God flung stars in the sky, but he can't check in the city national bank and see how much you got in the checking account. God, don't you know? Don't you know? Maybe you don't know. Let, let, me, let, let me fill you in. I only got... A handful of meal, and I got a little bit of oil, and me and my son going to eat it, and we're going to die. Now, now she's doing what common sense would say. And Elijah, if he'd have had common sense, he would have said, oh, I understand My, I just did not understand your circumstances. I, 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 I fully understand. You got to take care of your kid. You got to take care of yourself. You're going to eat one meal and then, then, then you're going to die. I, I feel so sorry for you, but I wouldn't dare take anything from you. And God supersedes common sense. And Elijah, Elijah does something. That without God, not one person in this place would do. Elijah goes, okay. A little pitiful widow woman with your son and your two sticks. Um, before y'all eat and die, take all of that, make me a cake, and let me eat. And I said in the beginning, I'll say it again. Either he's heard from God or he's a jerk. Because there's only two types of people, Brother McGee, that would ask a little pitiful widow woman to take her last meal and give it to them instead of feeding it to their son. It's either a prophet or a jerk. He said, bake me a cake. And 
And can you imagine, have you ever pictured in your mind, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but can you picture in the mind as the little boy's stomach is growling and Elijah's going, Your stomach's growling. The little boy's boy's stomach's growling. Elijah's going. "Mm. Mm. That was some good cake. But before he ate the cake, this is what the prophet said. He said, he said, little widow woman of Zarephath, if I can get you to step out of common sense. And step into the promises and glory of God. I'm going to take you from a condition of eating one meal and dying. To taking you to a condition of where you have three meals a day. And you're going to live. And you hear me in the Holy Ghost tonight. I've come to tell you when we're talking about giving to the work of God around the world. I'm going to tell you, you can hold on to your little handful of meal and you can die. Or you can open your hand and you can let it go. And God will provide for you. Listen, I told you, I'm I'm in the role of Elijah tonight. Businesses are shutting down. Companies are shutting down. People are getting laid off. People are losing jobs. People are losing money. And here comes this preacher from from Indianapolis trying to tell you, give some of your money to missionaries around the world. I'm going to tell you, God wants me to let you know you can hang on to what you got. And you can die in your savings. Some people so proud they ain't let go of their handful of flour. They 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 so happy about their common sense. <laughs> and I want to tell you, I'm gonna tell you that this message is not just something I found on on the internet. This is not something that, that I just came up with. This this happened to me because I was at I was at a conference and and I was given missions. And and we always give a certain amount. And here's what I did, Brother McGee. I said, I said, I went up to the secretary and I said, Sister, this year before we go to the conference, I want you to get ready. We're gonna be fiscally responsible this year. And we're not going to give the full amount we normally give. We're just going to give half. Half is still, half is still pretty good. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll just tell you. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. We, we normally gave $1,000. And, and I told her $500 because $500 is pretty good. Amen. $500 is pretty good. And, and that was my thinking. That was my thinking. I said, and, and, and I went in and I was like, I was like, Look what a smart pastor ACC has. I'm being fiscally responsible. I'm being budget conscious. Now, if you misunderstand what I'm saying, as if I'm, as if I'm saying you've got to be reckless, then you're missing the point. Amen. So I went in there. Man, I was so, I was so, man, my, my secretary was happy. I was happy. Uh-huh. Everybody's happy. There's a good chance you're doing something wrong if everybody's happy. Y'all still with me? Uh-huh. So go in. And I'm already, yep, we're going to save $500. We're going to save $500. And then good old Bishop Carpenter 
gets up and makes this statement. He says, sometimes what we think is wisdom is actually just carnality. He said, sometimes what you think is wisdom is really just your flesh and God hit me right between the eyes and God and God helped me to understand God helped me to realize that I wasn't really walking in common sense I was walking in carnality and too many people today refuse to give to the work of God not because they don't have it but because their carnality is telling them they're being wise I want to tell you in the Holy Ghost that God is speaking all over this building to open your heart open your mind and open up that wallet and blow the dust off of it and give to the work of God You can justify it. You can justify not, not, not giving more by saying, I give more than some. And if you want justification, here's justification. If you give $10, you've given more than half of our organization because they don't give a penny. I got to take care of the home. Amen. I can't give to missions because my kids has got to be in 12 sports. I can't give to missions. I've had this iPad for two months. I got to get another one. And hear me today, I'm going to tell you where the vision and the dream that elder, that elder dreamed about. I don't know anything about it, but apparently there's something about a dream that God gave the elder McGee for this church and for this community. And I want to tell you that it starts with a church who will say, we care not only for Mount Carmel, we care about this community, but we care about the world. And when you open your mind up to the world, God says, you take care of my kingdom, I'm going to take care of your kingdom. Listen to me. Listen to me. You send something to Africa, I'm going to tell you, God will bring it back to Mount Carmel. You send something to Asia, God will bring it back to Mount Carmel. You send something to the Middle East, God will bring it back to Mount Carmel. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Elder, I'm going to stand back here by you. If I get shot, I'm going to stand in front of you. Ready? Elder, stand with me. Here we go. Everybody watch this. You don't refuse to pick up one of these because you ain't got the money. You don't pick it up because you don't trust God. And since I'm a pastor, I'll go ahead and hit it. If you've been robbing God and not paying your tithe, it ain't that you ain't got the money, it's you don't trust God. And when you walk by the envelope, what you're saying is, I don't trust you, God. I don't trust you, God. I don't trust you, God. But I'm gonna tell you, you need to pick up one of these cards and you need to lift it up to heaven and say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Brother McGee just mentioned it. That fortunately, oh, thank God for getting older because I like it better than the alternative. But I'm going to tell you, now that I'm getting older, I can see the other side of the psalmist David. Brother, Brother Mason, when God said, the psalmist said, I was young and now I'm old. And when I was young, I saw two things. And when I was old, I still see two things. He said, when I was young and I was in the shepherd's field, I never saw the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And now that I'm about to go to my father's, I want to tell you that now I'm old, there's two things I've still never seen. The righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And can I tell you, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're middle-aged, or whether you're a primary, I want to tell you, there's two things this preacher can tell you, that God will never forsake the righteous, nor will he cause his seed to beg bread. Hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. God, in his word, he said, there's only one thing that Jesus said, that you can't serve both at the same time. It's the only place that God mentions something on earth that people could equate with or as God. Jesus said, man cannot serve God and mammon. To, to simply just say mammon means money is to diminish what God really means. That mammon is more than money. Mammon is the devil of covetous. Mammon is a spirit that says, I got to keep it. I've got to hold on to it. It's more than just having money. Money, you've got to have money. But he said that there's a spirit of mammon. I want to tell you, even the Bible says that that green stuff that's in your pocket and that plastic stuff in your wallet, here's what God said it was. It's filthy lucre. It's filthy. And here's why I can celebrate. Because tonight, I can take the filthy lucre and bind the devil of covetousness by pulling it out and saying, God, here you go. It's not mine. We, the United States gave the United States gave just, just as a whole of Christendom gave about $500 million to missions yearly. About $530, $550 million. You said, man, that's great. That's great. Until you realize that the storage industry is a $52 billion business. We send $550 million overseas to preach the gospel and we pay $52 billion for somebody to store our junk. Can I help you tonight and tell you the totality of missions giving is a tithe of the storage industries. And somebody in this place walked in tonight and said, I can't support a missionary. I still got to keep paying for that sofa to collect dust over there in that storage unit. 
world success is not considered success in God's eyes. The kingdom of God. Before me is every continent with the exception of Antarctica. Asia, Africa, Europe, Australia, South America, North America. All nations before us. To remind us on this Sunday night that the kingdom of God is so much greater than my family, my church, my building. And I'm going to tell you, God's given you an opportunity to make investments around the world. Can I tell you, Brother Mason, my portfolio is pitiful. Ain't got no gold. Ain't got no stocks. Ain't got no bonds. 401k is about 105.3. Y'all get it in a minute. Ain't got much of retirement. I'm counting on the rapture to happen before I have to retire. Amen. The post trippers are right, I'm going to be in trouble. But my portfolio is not very good. Except for the fact that in my portfolio, the nation of India, there were ladies that were sliding down an embankment. Brother Snow said, we need concrete steps so the ladies, when they come to church, they don't have to slide down this big, long Muddy embankment. So, Brother Mason, I don't have gold in my portfolio, but I tell you what, I do have in my portfolio. I have some little Indian grandmas that instead of sliding down or walking down steps, And they're going to the temple. They're going to the house of God. They're getting the Holy Ghost. It's in, it's in my portfolio. Brother Covey said, we're winning people so much in Bulgaria that people are having to stand. I said, I can have a 401k or I can buy some plastic chairs. And in my portfolio are about 30 plastic chairs. I know that ain't nothing to the world, but I'm going to tell you what happens is on every Sunday there in Bulgaria, some hungry gypsy comes sitting on that chair and saying, I need God. I need the Holy Ghost. I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's in my portfolio. Brother Barnett said, we could save a whole lot of money if we could buy us a saw. What's a saw got to, got to do with anything for the kingdom of God? But that saw provides lumber, that provides walls, that provides ceiling, that provides structures for people to be able. And so Brother, Brother Barnett said, I need a saw. Brother, brother, I ain't got riches, but I got a saw. I ain't got riches, uh, uh, but I got some steps. I ain't got riches, elder, but I got some chairs. 
And can I tell you that I was able to see what the, the, the compliments of getting a saw did. I walked into that place where we had conference there in Papua New Guinea and 2,000 souls packed into that tent created by this saw and God filled over 70 people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I don't have riches, but I got a saw. I got some chairs. I got some steps. And, and some of you that are still not convinced, let me tell you, here's where the rejoicing is going to happen because you're going to open up your dusty wallet that ain't seen the light of day in two months and present it to God and say, look how wise I am. And God said, uh-uh, look at that boy. He's got some chairs. He's got some steps. He's... God's blessing is not for you to hoard it up, for you to give it. If you get a raise, that's God just blessing you more. God's looking for some radical people in this last day. Come on, stand with me. Music, come on. Can I finish? Can I finish tonight? But God, God looking for some people tonight who will make a commitment. Again, all I said at the beginning of this message was, if God speaks, say yes. Here in the next few minutes, the Holy Ghost is going to begin to speak. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to pray that there's a spirit of giving, a spirit of generosity that hits this place like never before. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. I don't, I don't mean to be ugly. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, this church, this church is a, is a generous church. You give to missions. But what commitment service that we're doing right now does is that by you taking on these missionaries, you lighten the load of the church. That by you taking the Adams family, that by you taking the Azar family, you can ease the burden. And here's what you also do. Because see, if, if you leave the giving to just being something that is taken out of the general account of this church, then what you do is you limit the blessings of God just to the church which is great but when you take one of these cards the church is blessed by blessing God's kingdom but then the blessing comes to your house and I want to tell you I could some of you may have wished I'd have done this. I could have summed this message up in five minutes. If you take one of those cards, the blessing will go with you. God's got great revival. God's got great revival. But when you take one of these cards, I'm going to tell you what you do. You free up this man of God to not have to decide, are we going to support our missionaries or are we going to have revival? When you help the church out, you can help missionaries and you can have revival. Revival. 
Don't ever make your pastor have to choose between missionaries or, or revival. You help him out so that he can say it's time to have revival and he don't have to worry about the expense of revival. We just have revival. The blessings come to your house. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am not a TV evangelist. If you pick up one of these cards, you more than likely won't get a check ten times what you give in the mail. Can I tell you, I wish the Holy Ghost would grab us. World missions is not Christian lottery. It is not you buy a $50 ticket so God will give you $5 million. If you're given to missionary so that God will, ca- so that God will give you some big check down the road. What would happen? What would happen? What would happen? If the church got such a heartbeat for God that for for just a little bit we forgot what we get out of this. And we see this little family who eat putrid food in India to teach people about God and when they come to us Mariah when they come to us they say would you help us that just the asking of help is all that I need Brother Watts, it's not what I'm going to get for giving to you. But you're preaching to, you're preaching to this little, those people that don't even know. Can I tell you something? You would be so embarrassed if you saw baptisms in India. Because they really believe that it's a spiritual bath. And the little old grandmas, 80 years old, stripped down to nothing, believing it is a spiritual baptism. They don't even know enough to put on a baptismal robe. But they're so hungry for God. We've got heated baptistries and beautiful and beautiful baptismal robes and still can't get people in the water. Little grandma strips down to nothing and says, I need God. I need God. And she exposes herself and says, I need God. I need God. I need God. I need God. It is the blessings of the Lord. The blessings of the Lord. The blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. God. 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 Let a spirit of compassion Hear the people, hear the people in Asia say in Mount Carmel, would you help us? Hear the African in his clicks and his dialects saying, Mount Carmel, will you help us? The South American. The South American looking at you and saying, Ayuda, por favor, 
Ayuda, por favor, help, please. Lord, I want everybody who's willing right now, I want you to plug in right now to what God is doing. Would you close your eyes and would you begin to pray? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.